Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart, and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and I have a wonderful guest with me today who many of you will know and love. I am extremely delighted to be sitting having um, this conversation with Dickon because he has his sleepy face on. He just looks so cute and his coffee hasn't kicked in yet so I'm excited to see what the conversation will bring. For those of you who don't know Dickon Bettinger, Dickon has had a long career as an educator and licensed psychologist. In January of 2012, Dickon founded the Three Principles Mentoring to guide individuals, groups, organisations to deepen their understanding of the Three Principles. Dickon leads business leadership and management programmes for companies across the United States, and these programmes teach employees what it takes to be resilient and agile in the face of business challenges. He coaches CEOs and their leadership teams. He coaches individuals. And recently, he's been doing this wonderful small group mentoring programme where he's taking you know, a bunch of between eight and ten students from all over the world and taking them on a beautiful six-month journey to deepen their understanding of the principles. And, and I've had a couple of friends who have done that and have just thoroughly enjoyed the experience. And the other thing, and we'll talk about this during the podcast, Dickon has um, written a book quite a while ago with Natasha Swerdloff, and it's called Coming Home, and it's recently been translated into many different languages. And the lovely thing is, is that he's been traveling the world, sharing that in the various languages with, with, with Natasha and with various translators. So it's a wonderful opportunity for those of you to, to find out if the book is in your language and, um, and perhaps to, to grab an opportunity to see Dickon and Natasha. But um, in May, there's, there's a couple of things Dickon is doing, and, and also in April. So we'll get around to talking about all of that during the podcast. So welcome, Mr. Sleepy Face. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got the clock going. We figure I got another 20 minutes before the coffee kicks in. So you're going to have to cut me a lot of slack for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I've just actually admitted to Dickon that I went for a nap. <laughs> Feels so good. <laughs> I'm oh, feeling perky. Please, <laughs> <Jeez>, Jackie. <laughs> so while while we're waiting on you warming up, Dick, and t- tell us about in in April you're going to be speaking at the three PGC conference. Is that right? That's right. It's coming up. I'm uh, very excited. I'm I'm uh, gonna. I was asked to do the closing talk on my favorite subject, love. Mm. So it's, uh, it'll be very, very fun. And we're doing it different. We don't even want to have it be like a conference. Mm. Um, we want to emphasize how ordinary this is and how we're all in the same boat mm. and how we're as apt to get lost as anybody else. And um we we want to we be able to share, most of us, are the people there talking are all people who have had spent uh, 
quite a bit of time with Sid Banks. So we wanted to be able to share in a very down-to-earth, ordinary way what we heard, how it affected us, how it has um, helped us uh, work with our clients. Mm-hmm. But very ordinary. We're, we're, we're not even doing our usual uh, suit and tie kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank goodness. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be like sitting around the living room. Yeah. And, and we don't have breakouts even. We just have one big room and lots of time for breaks and sharing. Yeah. I'm coming over for that, Dickon, because when I saw what you were doing, I just thought, you know, I want to be there. Because to me, that feels like the essence of this understanding. That's, that's how I share. That, that's how I teach others to share. I know you do, Jackie. You know, it's just, it, that's where the extraordinary is, isn't it? Yeah. In that ordinary sense of just being with another soul. I mean, Sid always said that. He always said, if you share this with people, keep it ordinary mm-hmm. and just share what you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it makes it makes it very down to earth. And I mean, I don't train people to be teachers because everybody I know shares their life. They don't take a course on how to do that. No. <laughs> and sh- sharing this understanding with other people for me is no different than talking to your friend about something you learned or someplace you had been and said ordinary. Absolutely. I have to un- untrain people about yeah. being teachers because if people have thoughts in their mind about teaching, they don't share very well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. <laughs> they get all caught up in their head about what they're meant to see and how they're meant to see it. Yet the magic is in the, the absence of thought while you're sharing, isn't it? Right. Like you say, just having these beautiful, ordinary conversations. Yeah. And yeah. you're speaking at the 3P UK as well this year? Yes. Oh, I got it. I, I have another wonderful lineup of things and uh, a few weeks in England uh, mm-hmm. uh, sharing with some delightful people. I, more and more um, I'm trying to pair up with people and really uh, uh, bring this understanding into areas of Europe where it's, mm-hmm. it hasn't been so uh, clearly introduced. So and, and to really help support new practitioners and mm-hmm. uh, that's been very rewarding i mean i remember when i started i was there was no one within thousands of miles i was the only person in the northeast of the united states you had to go to florida or mm-hmm. minnesota to find somebody who had heard us at banks <laughs> we'd have conferences every year and i knew everybody <laughs> imagine Imagine, mm. oh my gosh. And uh, so I remember what it was like when people who had been learning this for a longer period of time supported me. And when I started a three-piece center in, in Vermont, uh, it was wonderful. A lot of people came to 
share, and I was the biggest student in the room, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, there's a humility in that, isn't there? There's a gorgeous humility that you never know at all. We will never, ever, ever know all of this. And that curiosity that each and every moment just keeps bringing something new and fresh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point, new and fresh. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Jackie, that's... I remember you speaking, I think it was two years ago at the 3PGC conference in LA and it was not long after you you hadn't been well and you spoke about, I think your grandson was was being born, there was something or had just been born, you know, and and here was I sitting in the audience, you know, I used to be a midwife and I'm, I'm listening to your talk and all of a sudden you start talking about pregnancy and, and contractions and thought and you know how, how feelings build up and then they go away just like contractions do and it was it was yeah, so yeah, yeah 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 I'm like I'm like has this guy given birth <laughs> it was a beautiful talk though because I threw, I, that was a good example Jackie I I had a completely other talk planned mm-hmm I mean, I just had things I thought I would be talking about. And as soon as I started talking about, I have a new grandchild who will be born shortly. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the whole metaphor of Mm -hmm. out of nothing, things are born and created and given birth. And that became the most vivid, alive metaphor I could possibly use to talk mm-hmm. about my experience of the principles. Yeah. So, yeah, I got really swept up. That was a good example of new and fresh because that talk wrote itself as I was mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. And it was obvious that it did dick in. You know that yourself when you hear somebody speaking from that space, it's deep. Yeah. It's impactful. Yeah. I was as surprised as anybody else. <laughs> you know what I call it? I call that Jackie is is sometimes the other guy shows up. Yeah. And I love that when that happens. Is we just get our personal thinking out of the way and mm. Whatever is meant to come through comes through. Mm-hmm. Much wiser oh. person. <laughs> <laughs> For <God>. sure. <laughs> yes. I, I'm often having conversations, and someone will say, "Can you say that again?" I'm like, "No, I can't. I don't know what I just said." <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean. Mm. I honestly, genuinely can't remember when it's coming that fresh and so. Oh, I know, I know. Dickon, at the beginning, you said um, your favorite subject to talk about is love. Yeah. You know, and when I think of you and I think of Crazy, and you know, when I see the pictures of your family and the pictures of nature that you post, it just exudes love. Well, it's my experience that. Mm-hmm. When anybody 
gains a deeper understanding of the nature of life, that it awakens their heart mm. or it opens their heart even more. And I've seen that over and over and over and over again. As the very first insights I had about the principles allowed me to be more loving and compassion for the fact that everybody has low moods and it's natural. Yeah. And that was huge. I genuinely thought if I got healthy enough, I wouldn't have low moods anymore. Mm -hmm. So then I could have so much more compassion for my kids and my wife when they had low moods rather than, you know, get over it. What's wrong with you? Which was my attitude toward low moods. Mm -hmm. And then um, the great discovery that, when we, when our, when our personal minds just are at rest or quiet down without doing anything, we start feeling better. And when we feel better, we feel more connected to nature and to people and to life. And as a free gift. And that was, that was the first really huge insight I had was, Everybody already has what they are looking for and need. We quiet down and we become more loving without working on it, without technique, without having to develop that capacity. It's built into us. So that, that got my attention. Yeah. <laughs> I'd been a psychologist for 10 years. Nobody had ever said, you already have perfect well-being inside. It just gets covered over by your thinking. No one, no one, no one, no one that I had heard had said that. And when I experienced for myself the truth of that, it just seemed, like you said earlier, as ordinary, but as extraordinary at the same time. Mm. It was extraordinary that it could be that simple. I could not believe it could be that simple. Yeah. I remember seeing that sort of in one of my daughters, Dickon, um, you know, so if you come across this understanding and your life changes and, you know, you, <laughs> you're living in a, a beautiful space most of the time, but you're human and you're not going to live there all of the time. Your, your moods will come, they will go. I remember sitting across the breakfast bar speaking to my elder daughter and she was just in, she was in a low state of mind and, you know, just wasn't very happy about life and had gone back into an old behaviour or kind of victim mode type behaviour. And for some reason, my state of mind, you know, obviously lowered, you know, it's seeing this, my consciousness wasn't, you know, very good in the moment. And I challenged her on it. And she, she, <laughs> she bit back hard. <laughs> So much so that the, at that point, my consciousness was, was raised again. And I thought, keep your hands in your pockets and keep your mouth shut and leave the room, Jackie. <laughs> so I removed myself and it only took me, what, six stairs, Dickon, and I saw it. I saw, here is me. I have so much compassion for myself and my own state of mind and level of consciousness in the moment. And I wasn't extending that to her. And I just turned back round and I explained to her what I'd seen and I apologised. Yeah. 
it, it humbles us over and over mm-hmm. again, doesn't it? Yeah. We, we get upset with other people for what happens to us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Till you see it. And I, love how, I love how it sort of caught six steps. Six steps. <laughs> I'm sure there's been many a time it's taken me 20 steps. But this <laughs> I had a six-step insight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't say things like that. <laughs> We'll be looking for the six steps. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. Mm. Yeah. It's such a beautiful space to live your life from, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love when people learn the ordinary nature of it. Mm-hmm. Just so simple. You know. The fact that we're experiencing the birth of experience in every moment. And that we can't stop that from happening. Can't stop creation from happening. So whatever is created in us is not wrong or bad until we think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just thinking this morning, Jackie, that the simple little quote the Dalai Lama said just a little while ago, he said, the absence of judgment is love. Mm. You know, there's so many different ways of talking about love, but I know that when my mind quiets down, I'm not paying attention to all the judgments I have about myself and other people. And then I always start to feel better when that happens and when I feel better I see people in a better light Mm -hmm. I see myself in a better light it just sort of no one point Sid was talking about you know when your mind empties you fill with the aloha spirit that was when he was in uh, Hawaii many many years ago and the notion of just we and our mind's empty, there's an infilling that happens that's normal, inevitable, natural. Or the way Sid says, I didn't discover the principles. I fell so wide open that they were revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And the notion of what we're looking for comes to us when we get out of the way. is <clears throat> so cool. All we have to do is when our thinking is out of the way, what we're looking for comes to us for free. <laughs> <laughs> no effort. Every single time we'd say to said, oh, we're trying this or trying to do that or trying to drop thought. Or, or you go, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no trying. It's the opposite of trying. Yeah. You know. Recently, I've seen the intellect tries to accumulate but wisdom is not about trying to accumulate anything it's when we're surrendered or not grasping or holding when we know nothing that these deeper experiences and insights reveal themselves to us mm-hmm. and it's, and uh, so we can never get there with 
just with the intellect is impossible. Absolutely. You know, and when you were saying that, Dickon, you were reminding me about um, a client call that I had a few weeks ago. And it was with a professional singer who had got herself into a space where she felt she was procrastinating. She wasn't doing what she wanted to do with her life. And, you know, as always, the talk's never about procrastination. It's never about, you know, it's never about the content. And I could feel myself wanting to go into the content and I could feel myself wanting to to use my intellect and that feeling was just rising in me giving me an invitation to lean instead into love and when I kind of fell into that space stick and I couldn't believe the metaphors that were coming out of my mouth I couldn't believe the way she was responding it was mind-blowing I liked how you said when you fell into that space. Falling has been a metaphor that I've liked a lot over the years. Mm. You know, people say we I fell in love. Say it wasn't I grabbed on to love and held on tight. <laughs> no, it's a, a a lot of clients like the notion of of how naturally with understanding we naturally fall back from all the thinking we're doing that complicates life. Mm-hmm. So I loved how you said that. That's really beautiful. And then how out of that, all these insightful metaphors came to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a thought, Jackie, is that when I first came to England, everybody was using their intellect to try and get insights. Mm-hmm. Six years ago when I came, both my wife and I were completely shocked. There's a room of 65 people and everybody's dissatisfied. They're all waiting for big insights. Mm. That's, to me, that the intellect is the only thing, or ego is the only thing that waits. Waiting for something better in the future. This Mm. isn't good enough. See all the judgment in that. No wonder Mm. there's dissatisfaction. And so I started, I started, seeing that when any of us fall out of our intellect has nothing to do with waiting. It's falling into a space, like you said, is how beautiful you fall into a space. It's the birthing room. It's that fertile void as they say in Taoism the fertile void I mean oh my god how beautiful is that Uh, uh, it's it's a falling into a dimension where you that's what Sid meant in my mind by within is within just means beyond what can be conceptualized So when you said fall within, so then when we fall within, we're seeing from within or experiencing life from within. So we're living insightfully. Mm-hmm. That's what insight is. Mm-hmm. The content that arises is not really the insight. The shift happens when we touch that space within. Mm-hmm. So I love the notion of just living insightfully as opposed to 
waiting for an idea you can grab onto and hold and file away and tell people, oh, here's my insight. <laughs> what one time Sid said to us, the quickest way to kill an insight is think it's the words and, and try to grab on to the words. He said, if you have an insight, forget the words, stay with the feeling. The insight reveals itself via the feeling. Yeah. Wisdom always reveals itself to us via the feeling. So I can imagine your client being impacted by what came fresh and new out of that feeling for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like we said earlier, it's that it's the freshness, not only to her, but to me of, of being in that space and sharing from that space. And I love the way you described living insightfully. I, I, I've always, I've always been very lazy with my insights. <laughs> it's just like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at times I thought I would give myself a hard time. It's like I just don't care. It will show me what it's meant to show me if it's meant to show me at yeah. all. Yeah. So I great. love that. That, that's great. You're fortunate. <laughs> I wasn't so fortunate. In the early days, I used to feel guilty that I couldn't articulate my insights because all that happened was my heart opened up. Mm. And you say, well, what, what was your insight? No, I have no clue. And I, I said, I should know. I should have some words. I should. And now for me, like you, it's the opposite of if something is, if words come out of that space or that feeling, that's fine. But it's really about love. It's not about the words. Mm. The intellect is always wanting to have some words to take. Can, can I read to you? So I woke of up course. with thought. It's, it's just what tickled me pink. <laughs> is hot off the press. This was some, the, some words that just came for free this morning. <laughs> Lucky you. Before the uh, coffee. Before I even had coffee, it was like, it bleary-eyed. I, I hope I can read my... <laughs> the purpose of the intellect is to reduce something very large and grand into a small, digestible, little soundbite. Mm. Oh, I think you've just put the intellect in its place. <laughs> and I have enormous, enormous respect for the intellect. Mm. It's not the bad guy. It's like Sid says, just a tool. And if you use it wisely, it's as wonderful as having Google at your fingertips. It's mm. nice to be able to have information stored and that we can process and analyze and there's a role for that mm. but we weren't meant to live on the computer yeah just like when we see kids who 24 7 are playing video games we start to get concerned you know it becomes more important than relationships and life and enjoying life and uh, but I used to be that, I used to be a mental video gamer. I was living in my video games all day long. Mm. 
<laughs> I never shut the laptop. That's, that's what Sid would call misusing the tool of the intellect. <laughs> so I had a lot of anxiety and tension and stress as a result. I didn't know you could just close the laptop and that life would go on insightfully. Mm. What, a, what a discovery. Dickon as well, you often spoke about in your search, you know, you studied all sorts of other forms of spirituality. Yeah, well, I, I still do. I find it fascinating. But mm. before I was searching for something that I could do that would help me develop more love and compassion. Mm-hmm. So I would pretty quickly get to the last chapter of whatever book I was reading because they always said, okay, here's what you do. So my bumper sticker at that time would have, would have been, uh, tell me what to do and I'm not afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. You know, so yeah. I did pretty much everything that anybody recommended would bring more well-being. That's why my first insight just blew me away is why would I be searching for ways to develop well-being if it's already completely developed inside of me and it's just my misunderstanding that clouds it over. My misunderstanding that keeps me locked into my computer search. Mm. And Sid right away would be saying, you can never, ever, ever think your way to understanding, to happiness, to love, to well-being. You can't analyze your way to truth. Don't listen to the words. Go beyond the words. Go. He was encouraging us to experience what it meant to live insightfully to step within and just see what that's like. See, find out for ourselves. Uh, Don't take my word for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was looking for people who were saying, take my word for this, do this and you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Take four hours of meditation and then go to bed. was a big pill to swallow but boy I could I could swallow that it was like swallowing watermelon it was I was up for the challenge My, <laughs> I thought that's how you got there yeah, yeah. One, t- one time Jackie my wife said Dick and you try harder than any other person I've ever met you know you're working on yourself harder than any other person I've ever known you spend literally your whole waking life working on yourself. I thought she was complimenting me, Jackie. That's how okay. far gone I was. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kozia. I know I'm glad you recognize how much hard work I'm doing to become a better person. Yeah. Even though I'm completely self-obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be meditating than be with my family. <laughs> And I'm glad you recognize how much hard work I'm, I know it's going to pay off someday. <laughs> Later on, I went back like you did with your daughter. And I said, 
crazy. How did you put up with me for all those years? Waking up five times in the middle of the night with my flashlight so I could write down my dreams so I could work on them. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I love Dickon that you said as well that, you know, other spiritual teachings just fascinate you. I love that, that, that you're curious. Well, they've helped me understand way better a lot of things Sid was saying. Yeah, me too. Not and, and not intellectually, but from the heart. Just having a much clearer sense that there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful teachers, and I'm not listening to them for information the way I used. To or direction or guidance. Mm -hmm. But some teachers are wonderful pointers toward what lies beyond our intellect. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that because it took me a while, but at a certain point, I did not want to take Sid's word for anything. If he said something, I say, well, let me see if that's true. Let me, and I would fall deeply into that quiet. And then from that insightful place, it's like a truth meter. Mm. It's the only place I could tell the truth. Thinking about it, I could never tell the truth. That was just some digestible bit, mm. <laughs> some sound bite. It sounded good. <laughs> oh, it's all thought. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm living in the world of thought. Oh, wow, that's cool. And I get all excited about these ideas. But Sid was saying, I'm not talking about thought content. I'm not saying it's all thought content. I'm thought is infinite, divine energy. Have you realized God that's what thought is. <laughs> I go, oh, <laughs> let me take another look. <laughs> That's why on his deathbed, he said, there's not a single person I've met who understand the principles because they can't be understood with the intellect. Mm -hmm. I love thinking of understanding as standing under when I stand under the intellect, I don't know anything with my intellect, but I know with my heart. I can't explain it, but I just know. Without thinking about things, I know what to do, what to say, how to be. Mm. That's the knowing that has no end. Right. Mm. Always fresh. Always new. I like that. Standing under the intellect. I know when I first came across this understanding, Dickon, I kind of fell. I'd been searching for years and years and years and years, you know, outside of myself, more self-help books than I think some department stores. And um when I came across this understanding, I just, I fell down the rabbit hole thinking, 
so much so that that for a couple of years I didn't have any words for it. I, I felt as though every every bit of common sense that I'd had before just completely left me. And it was through teachers like Arkart Tolley and Wayne Dwyer and Gangaji and other people that, that I began to see what had happened, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I was so appreciative. I mean, said to, said to, you know, I, I'm not going to say not said to. And it was beautiful to, to hear other people talk about, you know, to hear Sid talking about consciousness and then to listen to Urquhart Tolley talking about the power of now. It just deepened my understanding of the principles and made it easier for me to share from that space. I, I always keep coming back to the absolute simplicity of the principles. That's, that's what has just made my life so much simpler. Mm-hmm. Is Sid is saying there's three different ways about talking about the fundamental nature of life. And in my mind, there are all three ways of saying the same thing. There's one principle from nothing from that nothing energies, things dance into existence and then go back into that nothing energy. That's truth. That's Mm -hmm. always been true, always will be true. And to say, well, that nothing energy has to be intelligent because it knows how to create and operate everything that exists. Or that nothing energy has to be conscious because every single thing that is created, every cell has a degree of awareness because it's made of awareness. Mm. And that nothing energy is filled with creative potential. So it has the potential to create every single bit of everybody's human experience. And I love Sid emphasizing he said they're all three the same because they're all the same I I just came across something that Sid had said many times but he says some people say thought is the best principle and the only one some people say consciousness some people say mind he says they're all the same they're all one principle and if you go deep enough into any one of the principles you'll discover the other two because they're all the same yeah that's it's just so open to the way in which any one of us can find truth mm. i i have clients i talk about three principles and some of them respond to mind and that's life-changing that there is an intelligence that can break through into human consciousness and guide our lives oh my god that's a as unbelievable as like that's what lives me and makes my decisions and and brings me into love with other people and you know you have teachers like Elsie who emphasize wisdom mm-hmm. and 
it just opens the door for a lot of people. And then <clears throat> for any number of us, once it talked about consciousness was when we really got our socks blown off the way he talked about it. Mm. Pure consciousness being an awareness that's always free of the limitations of human thought, always free of uh, concepts. Mm. And I started, that just blew me away. This, I started saying, can I look out my window at that tree without any concepts? Do I look at Koizy without concepts? And I started seeing there's times everybody falls out of their intellect and there's a non-conceptual experience that's so beautiful. It's so pure consciousness is love, Sid would say. It's, it's, he'd say that's what every human being in the world is looking for and they don't know it because if they touch that space free of the influence of concepts, it must, must turn into something beautiful in your experience. And boy, for years, that's, that did it. I would just discover if that was really true. If, if I didn't feel close to my wife, if I fell out of my concepts, did it shift things? And shifts happened. <laughs> and without doing anything, I would suddenly feel different. When I did, I'd go back in to be with my wife, and no matter what mood she was in, she was adorable. <laughs> I'm going, what is happening? <laughs> My gosh, and then other people, as we know, is when they learn that thought is the sole source of experience, it's, it blows their mind away. But three different ways of getting to the same place, getting comfortable, resting. Or as Sid say, you get really good going back and forth between the two worlds. You get you get to use your intellect wisely and appropriately, and then any kind of tension or stress means you're starting to misuse your intellect. Mm -hmm. It's time to close the laptop, step away from the keyboard. <laughs> Stop Googling for information. <laughs> get off the World Wide Web and... Uh, and then all of a sudden it gets simple again. Mm. Only concepts complicate. So it gets simple again. That's pretty cool. Mm, it's really cool. That's pretty cool. I know in the missing link, you know, Sid discusses that our, our feelings are a barometer of our thoughts. Mm. And you touched on that so beautifully there, you know, that, that, when you're feeling tense or you're feeling antsy or you're feeling restless, it's an invitation for you to know that you're just caught up somewhere in, in thought. And it doesn't mean, like you said, Dick, and it doesn't mean that you go and look for, for more information about what's going on, but you just, you know, you recognize it for what it is and it's an invitation just to rest again.
I like the metaphor that when we touch a hot stove, once we realize that our hand on the hot stove is the problem, we don't then at that point ask for, well, what's the technique for removing my hand? <laughs> so in the same way, Sid would say, if you recognize that it's thought creating your painful feeling, you don't need any technique to take your hands off your thinking, to yeah. fall back from everything you're thinking. Uh, and I started thinking for many years, I would take four fingers off the hot stove, but I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd be thinking about the principles or I'd be thinking yeah. about, oh, now is this really thought or is this <clears throat> it's just thought? I, I should just drop my thinking and I should, nah, 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 nah. I'm still got one finger on the stove and I'm wondering why I'm not just feeling this. Relief. So Sid kept saying, "You have to, you have to go beyond all concepts." And he says, "If you really see thought, it'll bring you right to the now." Mm. Time and time again, it'll, it'll bring you back to the now. It'll bring you back to happiness. So I said, "Happiness." Okay, I'm not taking your word for it, Sid. Is when I literally disengage from everything I'm thinking. Is that what happiness is? just being wide open now in this experience. And I started seeing that anything I was feeling, no matter what I was feeling, when I was disengaged from my personal mind, that feeling would start to open and expand and it felt good. It felt, ah, felt like release, relaxing, letting go, which is always a nice feeling. Mm. I go, oh, well, that's a different way of talking about happiness. Mm. So sadness is happiness in disguise. Anger is happiness because without story, it's just energy opening. It's just a feeling. It's just a beautiful feeling. But I really, really took a close look at that see is that true wow then i can see why he's we're a thought away from happiness mm. not from the intellect will go in the future i'll feel better than i'm feeling right now but this isn't happiness it's out there in the future <laughs> so later on i'll feel happy <laughs> <laughs> that's the intellect's version of happiness is a future better feeling Mm -hmm. Right now, it's so the intellect creates time and journey, and you got to do something to get from here to there. Right? You fall out of concept. There is no here and there. There is no time. <laughs> there is no future. There is nowhere to go. This is perfect yeah. as it is. Yeah. It's very interesting to think every moment of our experience is perfect as it is, except for our thinking that says it isn't. Yeah, that's where the suffering is. Yep, yep, been there, done that a lot. <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> oh, I know. That's cute. Know. It's so cute. 
Dickon, we're, we're coming near to the, the, you know, the top of the hour again. I, I just wanted to ask you about, in your life, what has made the biggest difference in this understanding? What, 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 what has changed so much for you? I just want one thing. Be specific. Everything a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, be specific. <laughs> no, it it helped me to experience a love that's beyond any conceivable idea I had of what it would be mm. has nothing to do with my moods or it's unconditional. I hope to be able to point towards what I'm seeing about that at the conference coming up is it it's, my understanding of love has evolved enormously. And I just kept asking, said, you know, okay, one more time, said, talk about love. Because <laughs> I think bottom line, if you learn the principles and you don't become more loving, you haven't really learned the principles. Mm. It helps us become more humble, more loving, more compassionate, more kind hearted. And that, you know, in, in the visa ads, they go, there's this, and it costs this much, and this much, and this much, and then love, well, that's priceless. Yeah. For me, that's the priceless piece. I got interested in learning from Sid because he talked about the spiritual nature and the psychological nature being united in one. He says, if you can see the connection between those two worlds you'll see they're all one. That was mind-boggling for me. They always seem like separate dimensions of life. Mm. And then he said, whenever you experience that connection, that's love. When it becomes one, rather than divided up into separate and different by the conceptual mind when we experience one with life, with people, there's nothing more valuable. That's our true self. That's, that's an experience of truth, of the oneness of life, the one principle. And I love that every one of us can get a glimpse of that or an experience of that. And it, to me, that's life-changing. That's, that's been what it's all about. That's, that's the reason as, as what, 33 years and it just keeps awakening a, a deeper love of life. I think that's beautiful. I, I know that's, our, that's true for everybody. So that's, that's been my big... <laughs> That's, that's it right there is 
you know, Sid said it's a different kind of love. Yeah. A different kind of love. It's not toward one thing or one person or certain things or certain He says it's a love for the whole world. It's more than an idle promise. Yeah. I see clients getting glimpses of that constantly. That's the that's the game changer for me. Thank you, Dickon. I'm looking forward to seeing you in LA in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, hopefully they give us plenty of time for naps. <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> and you'll be at the three PGC conference. You're also doing a one day event with Michael Mule on June fifth. On June fifth, the uh, weekend before the conference, I'm doing a retreat in the Lake District, a three day retreat with uh Jenny Anderson and Dave Ellery. Mm. First time I've well, I've taught with Jenny before a couple of times, but it's uh, First time teaching with both of them. And mm -hmm. I love the Lake District. I've gone there every year. Dave's sister, Lisa, always invited me. So the last three years, three or four years, I, uh, I think four years, I've gone to the Lake District. So there's that. And then um, I'm doing something with Ash and Maria Wood um, for a day. And then... The weekend after the conference, I'm doing a weekend with Steve Adair. Oh, cute. I know. Mm. I know. Oh, my gosh. Steve is a dear, 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 dear friend. We get up. We get together, and we stay up half the night. We just get blabbing. We can't stop talking. <laughs> just share, 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 and it's, oh, my gosh. He's, so we've been wanting to do this for a very long time. So it's finally, it's happening. We're both so excited. Oh, that's awesome. I know that'll be lovely. That'll be really, yeah, really that's, cool. That's gonna, that'll, be, that'll be fun too. So. Dickon, thank you so much for getting up earlier or, or getting up at your normal time, but speaking to me earlier than you would other people. I really appreciate it. And, and it was a, it's been a joy to see your sleepy face. It's really cute. <laughs> I'm slowly coming around. This is nine o'clock here now. It's like, okay, this is when I usually start talking. About <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it, Dickon. Lots of love to you and Coisy, and congratulations on the announcement about your new grandchild coming soon. I've got another grandchild on the way, so uh, thank you. It's been delightful. I've been really looking forward to this because I, I know how comfortable you are and just sharing in an ordinary way Jackie and I love that I love that about you so it's great to get invited into your living room <laughs> but we'll do it for real someday with you and Corey's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah good <laughs> thank you Dickon lots of love to you both and I'll see you soon okay bye bye bye, bye.
You could be larger than life 